Welcome to Smart Water Solutions Podcast. I am Hakim El Fadil. This is episode number 20. Today's guest is Rachel uh, Major and Ari Oko. Um, they are the founder of New Leaf Tech. It's an innovative water solutions that's based on biology to treat the wastewater. So we're going to learn so many things about this innovative technology, so stay tuned. Before jumping to the session, if you have any feedback, please share your feedback on just clicking below on the episode notes. There is a feedback link where you can click and then share your feedback without providing any email or any name. And um, if you have um, a specific topic in water technology that you would like to cover or any guests that you wish you would like to learn from, please share it with me on feedback below the technology. So welcome, both of you. Hi, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. We're excited to be here. Great. So uh, my first question to you both, um, what was the path you took so far to get where you are today? Yeah, so a little bit of history of what New Leaf, how New Leaf started. Um, after I had graduated with a biochemistry degree, I wanted to work in, I didn't want to work in health tech uh, in Silicon Valley. This was not exactly embraced. You know, there's a lot of microchips and computer science there. Um, and I, what I really wanted to do was combine biomimicry, which is the principle of looking to nature for design, um, improving design specifically with clean tech. And I submitted this to NASA Ames as kind of a last ditch effort as I was going through this process uh, to actually bring biomimicry to their lab. And the project had widespread support uh, sort of to my shock, to our shock. And before long, we became a biotech makerspace for youth environmentalists. Um, and so being California natives specifically, we have, and this was in 2017, um, when we were going through a major drought in California and as California natives really started focusing on water uh, and how do we sort of give individuals the ability to recycle their water, treat their water kind of on site because we could see that that was a big problem, wasn't really being covered in current wastewater treatment technologies. And so eventually we incorporated uh, because it was a big necessity in uh, in the world and something that was a really unique perspective is sort of like looking to nature to improve your technological lens. Right. And then um, if I would understand correctly, I mean, your solution is kind of uh, what I would, can I consider it as a decentralized um, wastewater solution? Yeah. Yes, please do. <laughs> right. So, and this brings me to the question, I mean, um, would you, I mean, just basically explain, um, I mean, how this technology practically work? And if someone, for example, like me, I'm, I'm living in an apartment, if, if I would use your technology, how feasible can I use it? Um, are, are you talking about like in a decentralized sort of off-grid living situation? Right, yeah. Yeah, so. And also just how technology works so we we built the thing for the size to, to accommodate um one one household's amount of water that they might use in a day um and basically it would work by you know you have you could have traditional plumbing that takes all of your water that you put down the drain through um to 
holding area. That holding tank would be um, either above ground or in ground. It would be essentially like a septic tank, except you don't need to do any maintenance with a septic tank on it, um, except maybe take out some some solids or help them them pass through. Um, and it would actually provide some treatments, which septic tanks really don't. Um, but then, but then, so the the water from that holding area would go into the um, the, the the digester and the nutri, and that's basically where a lot of the treatment goes on in our device. Um, and and while it spends about um, twenty four to thirty six hours in the whole whole device recirculating, uh, it'll break down any high BOD um, waste that's in the water, uh, as well as any sort of solid material and um, you know stuff that you you might put down your your sink or disposal, you know. Right. So, so all of that stuff gets turned into uh, plant nutrients, basically, uh, among among other things, um, and it recirculates. And then, after about thirty six hours, you could drain out some of the water and use it for irrigation or um, something else. Basically. Vertical farming. Yeah. For energy, too. Like we, although we don't have them integrated yet, we'd like to integrate microbial fuel cells, uh, which also use wetland microbes <coughs> to generate a small stream of electricity uh, to make the unit. Can you hear me? Idea like that, you'd probably have, it's important to think about the whole building as sort of like a community. Because when you're in an apartment, you're probably not a single person. Um, so it's sort of like you're on a, a grid in and of itself. But you'd probably have, uh, depending on how people were living there, sort of like nutrients on the roof, basically. I mean, you could also have them indoors. You would need additional lighting. I mean, they are plants and they do need, you know, sunlight and food. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would hopefully be able to be hooked up to existing plumbing lines uh, in a situation like that. And it gets siphoned up to wherever the nutrients are for on-site treatment. Um, they actually have something, it's not quite the same as what we're doing, but they have in the Salesforce building in San Francisco, they basically have like a, it's not quite a wetland, but they have very specific plants that they use to like treat the wastewater for that building. Um, they don't, as far as I know, they don't in, also in, uh, incorporate some of the other technologies we're doing as well, but just the idea is already present. It's just sort of present on often on too big of a scale to be practical for everyday people. Um, again, like big corporations, like I kind of talk with my hands, my computer is in the way a little bit, but <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yeah, so like a big brewery might be able to buy a, a on-site treatment plant like that, but not the small breweries. Um, apartment building might be able to, but not um, a single household sort of in the mountains kind okay. of thing. Yeah, so now if I understood correctly, um, there is a wastewater coming and um, you design or you pick up the rights, let's say a plant that's, that's, that their job is to absorb the nutrients from the wastewater, which at the end of the day, it's like you reduce the BOD and the COD, but this BOD and COD actually are nutrients for the plants. And at the end of the day, there is still, um, I would say some kind of BOD and COD in the water that can be also, also used uh, later on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right. nature doesn't waste, right? Right. And then, I mean, um, in terms of selecting the plant, is it based on 
which type of wastewater that you are getting, which type of COD and BOD, then you designed in such a way, okay, I'm going to pick up the right plants that can absorb or extract those right nutrients, or, you can, or are you using the same plant for every kind of wastewater? Well, there's there's plants that you would pick um, that you would you know you, you would use them specifically for like for brewing. It's a uh, it's not toxic or it's not pathogenic, so you can you can use food plants. You can use whatever you want really, as long as you have um, good wetland plants in the basin. Um, and then there's there's some wetland plants that thrive in various conditions, obviously, and you you want to take care of how you plant them. Um, but if you're using it for, say, like, um, for, for sewage or for black water, then you'd, you'd, you'd want to pick maybe a few different plants and plant it in a different style or a different way. Um, and so there's, there's some consideration that goes into it there. Uh, also, obviously, where you are geographically is, uh, plays a role. In terms of local plants? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean... But mostly cattails sort of generally are the main plants that we go to because it's actually the microbes on the roots of these plants that are really doing a lot of the work in terms of converting a lot of the waste into um, usable nutrients for plants. There's also some uh, likely some soil interactions that help to remove other things like heavy metals. Um, but where's I going with this? Um, so you have this sort of this base, but with like sort of with a treatment plant, you know, treatment plants are set up, the microbes that are set up there are specifically for one type of waste. As the I would as the microbes sort of are treating brewery wastewater, they would develop sort of a different microbial community than those that are treating municipal wastewater um, or things like that, in addition to making sure you put the right wetland plants in the basin. That's a really good point, uh, Rachel, which brings me to the question. Um, um, technically speaking, and from technical standpoint, and also from sustainable sense standpoint, what is the the benefit or the value for um, um, for your technology compared to conventional membrane bioreactor treatment or any kind of wastewater treatment? Well, so most most membrane bioreactors, um, they're pretty large, and that's like when you think of conventional wastewater treatment. And I would I would generally consider membrane bioreactors a form of of conventional wastewater treatment, and that's because it is centralized into a place where a lot of people live. Um, so, for example, in cities, usually they've got their wastewater treatment plant, and it's built to accommodate how many, however many millions of gallons of water a day, um, and then they discharge that water. And so this is something that we've, we've seen firsthand is when the city wastewater treatment plant is over capacity, whether that's volume wise or the contamination of the water, the loading of the water, um, that causes problems. to be for them to discharge it. Um, so the benefit that our technology has over that style of wastewater treatment is that 
you can add capacity to your treatment plant without doing, um, you know, huge public works of, of in infrastructure, basically. Um, and, and second to that, for, for rural communities that are hard to serve by traditional wastewater treatment, like um, big plants like that, you can actually get them into these rural communities and instead of having cesspools or septic tanks that don't actually treat water, they have water treatment that, you know, it's, it's less of an eyesore, it's less of a, a, a stain on the community and it actually, like I said, treats the water and can, can go on to do something productive with what would other, otherwise be a big problem. Yeah, um, but just to add on a little bit to that, um, put some numbers out there too. So like Ari mentioned like treatment plants and like not being able to expand unless you basically tear everything down, which, you know, building a treatment plant costs like 40 plus million dollars for some of the, and I think the, it, the Portland spent $42 million just to upgrade their treatment plant. So if you have something like a new tree that maybe costs like 10 million instead to get up to the capacity of uh, such a big treatment plant without having to tear things down. There's a you know cost saving right there. We talk about like breweries, uh, Ari was talking about industries having to ship them different places. Like, again, a, a big brewery can sort of afford, you know, millions of dollars on a treatment plant or even like $100,000 is sort of like the smallest you might get for basically an on-site treatment plant. Um, it's not affordable for these small breweries. Our units are like $5,000, you know, maybe a little bit more with construction and shipping, but like less than 10, it's a huge cost saving right there, especially when some of them are paying like, on average in California, they pay something like $30,000 in wastewater treatment, we estimate. Um, there's there's a local brewery, the, the largest local brewery, I would add. Um, and they, for a while, were spending about $200,000 every month just to to get their wastewater off site so that it can be treated and what they did eventually because they had they had the space the money to do it was they just built basically a water treatment plant on on their property yeah um, and, and it does use mbr technology like you said so they, they're it's as modern as it could be but it's still essentially a huge industrial looking thing um, yeah and um and then just to talk about septic tanks a little bit too i think like there are other technologies out there again like a hundred thousand dollars is kind of like the minimum price point that we found for competition but on a, like a small small scale septic tanks are our biggest competition and septic tanks like they say it costs like three to seven thousand dollars for to install one but sometimes installing a septic tank can cost more than the house that the person is living in. I mean, somebody in Marin was going to be charged with a combination of permits and fees and constructions for like $100,000 to change her septic tank, to change her cesspool, really, um, because of where it was and the added construction and things like that. Um, and septic tanks also aren't really that small, you know, they're, they take a big leach field where you can't build on top of things. Um, so there's cost savings right there, right? Like instead of paying $100,000, now you're paying for a new tree, which again, $10,000, less than $10,000. Uh, that's above ground, that actually does some treatment. You can connect it to your septic tank if that's what municipalities feel more comfortable doing, even if the septic tank is like 50 years old, which a lot of them in America are, um, at least that old or close to. Um, yeah, so it's, 
there's cost savings, there's direct cost savings for having something that's on-site treatment that is, you know, 10th K or less. And then just the sustainability factor, like we do all that without being like a gray box. Um, and that's like our, one of our closest competitors, that's basically what they are, is a gray box. Yeah, and then, I mean, talking about numbers and brewery, um, you have done, um, if, if I'm not wrong, um, a case study on industrial scale using your technology in a brewery. Would you just share with, I mean, with us some... Maintenance. Some, hmm? Can you hear um, me? Can you hear me? Okay. I think yeah. maybe the, the internet is a little bit slow. Uh, um, I, think it, uh, I think it's your internet. Okay. It says it's medium strength now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess all this is to say is that you don't need a PhD to operate it. And it looks nice. <laughs> and it is a reasonable cost. That's, that's, that's the most, I mean, most important thing, which is um, my experience going to the, to the beverage industry and also to the water industry. Um, you have operators who need to monitor, let's say, the ion exchange, the reverse osmosis, the MBR, uh, I mean, so many technologies and not every time we find people knowledgeable on all those technologies. But um, if you have, let's say, um, um, let's say straightforward and not comp complex technology that they would prefer working with it. But the most important things for them is to, um, to have lower CAPEX and lower OPEX compared to other technologies. So talking about your technology, if we... Um, focus on um, let's say brewery. Oh, sorry, you, you you cut out a little bit back there. We 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 got you about when you started talking about capex again. Okay, good. Yeah. So so my question is um, regarding the the capex and opex. If um, when I look to your homepage, you have done um, an industrial case study um, working with your technology in in industrial brewery. So my question is, would you share just uh, the value, I mean, the capex, opex of using your technology in the brewery, treating the wastewater? Uh, sorry, can you give me one second? I'm, I'm just re-changing re my sound settings. Okay, um, give me just one second. Yeah, thanks for the patience. Um, all right. Can you can you repeat the question about the capex sure. versus brewery? Exactly. So my question is, um, look into your solution or your technology um, at industrial scale. You have done uh, a good case study uh, working with your technology in a brewery. So would you just share with us the capex opex of using your technology in treating the wastewater in a brewery? So um, we don't unfortunately have the best numbers for how much they, the brewery was paying before they were using us because they actually had to relocate their production because they were not um, in compliance with the city's, um, what, what was it, discharge limit. Uh, and that's not because we weren't meeting the number that they gave us. It's mostly because they weren't um, really welcomed by the city or how, how they were doing things. Um, and, and that gets into a whole lot of local bureaucracy stuff that, that we don't need to get into here right now. But 
basically what it comes down to is that even all the testing and all of the, the changes to the building that the city was having them proposing to them to do to keep production there, um, that was something like $20,000 just to install the testing stuff that they wanted, you know, the testing equipment. Uh, whereas we were, pay, you know, we were going to charge them, what was it about $7,000 for that unit? Yeah, it was, a, it was a pilot. So we were charging them like four or $5,000, I think. Um, and we were we were treating the water down to under under the figure that they gave us so we, we did about 85 to 90 percent treatment on bod um you know high bod contaminants in the water uh and that was over a 36 hour period so okay i mean 80 to uh, more than 80 percent cod bod reduction yeah that was um and what, you, what were you saying about tss rachel tss was also like i think over 95 percent as well or 90 percent oh okay it depends on what uh, metric you're using to measure pre-wastewater delivery yeah and I, and I guess i will add that we we did that that tss figure is that comes with we we did do some additional filtering afterwards mm -hmm. um but that's literally just physical filtering so that's that helped us get to that number. Um, the, the the biggest powerhouse is that we've got, like we said, the the high BOD uh, reduction. Okay, and then I mean, in terms of plants, do they do something with the plants, or they get some benefits out of the plants? Where I mean, who absorb all those nutrients? Uh, well, yeah, the 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 plants were growing. I'm I'm sorry, could you rephrase the question? Yeah, the, the question is, what are they going to do with the plants if they have so many plants? Let's say growing up, are they using or getting some some value out of those plants? So, so for the wetland plants, um, sorry, just a couple sound problems. For the wetland plants, uh, those just sort of continue with their life. I mean, you could sort of harvest them, maybe make a nursery if you wanted to expand production. But for the vertical farming plants that are uh, sort of the upper spiral attachment of the wetland basin, um, you can do a variety of different things with them. You can grow something that looks nice, you know, like a flowering plant. Um, you could grow crops something to eat or like animal feed. Um, certainly with municipal wastewater, we're a little bit hesitant to say, go ahead and do that. But with brewery wastewater, uh, again, it's not pathogenic. It's just like a lot of sugar that municipal treatment plants can't easily handle. Um, so yeah, you can do a couple different things with those. You can, har again, you can harvest them or leave them be or sort of change them out as you see fit. You can also, we encourage people to grow like local varieties of things. Like we just set up, uh, a unit up in MasterCard and St. Louis office and we're sort of saying well, they're in Missouri, right? So like what kind of Missouri plants can we put in there? You want some catfish <laughs> in the basin? Because they have a slightly different one. It's not for wastewater. It's just an, sort of an aquaponic nutri. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, a sort of a local process. I get your point. And then, I mean, it's it's very interesting that, the, I mean, the, the wastewater industry is, is a huge and a big, I would say. And um, when you when you are entering with your solution in a wastewater industry, um, uh, which 
area are you focusing on? I mean, because looking at wastewater, there's wastewater coming from the food and beverage industry, from the electronic industry, from the metal industry, from current. I mean, it's, it's very fragmented, I would say. I mean, which, let's say, applications are you targeting and which size are you targeting with your solution? Yeah, so there's lots of, like you said, lots of gaps in the wastewater treatment market that we can help with. But specifically, we really have our eyes on craft breweries, microbreweries uh, in the U.S., specifically the Pacific Northwest, most specifically California. Um, and the reason why we picked this sort of sect is because they, well, number one, we sort of match the brewer's ethos. Uh, local beer comes from local flavors. Local flavors come from local resources. So a lot of brewers kind of are drawn to like farm to table initiatives or like saving uh, water, or, like just being smart about water because it's tied to their business. Um, brewing is a really high water use business. Again, that creates wastewater that, you, municipal treatment plants can't normally use um, for uh, and for so for large breweries uh, specifically with wastewater they might be able to get it down to like a four to one ratio or a three to one ratio but a lot of these craft breweries uh, they're more like seven to one or even they can be as high as like 11 to one if they don't uh, have any initiatives in place like side streaming or things like that um, yeah, and I mean, and all of this sort of comes to like a huge inconvenience for brewers. It's a big pain for the smaller breweries because again, they can't pay like $100,000. So they don't have the room to pay for a $100,000 brewery. Um, what was the last thing? Uh, there was one other thing about brewing. Oh, and also uh, there are, the small breweries are 5% of breweries in the US. So there's a lot of them. Um, yeah, and a lot of them, and most of them are in California. Hey, and I mean, I know I'm, I'm living here in Belgium, and in Belgium is very known. It's so many very tiny, tiny breweries, I would say, and also in Germany. Um, if someone from this region, I mean, Europe, would like to use your technology, um, is it something that you, um, let's say, you coach them just by videos or something that's practically they can use it, or it's very complicated to use your technology? Mentality. Oh, so the microphone is here. Okay, I understand. Um, so this part goes back to our maker's mentality in terms of practical practicality of use and ease of use. So we made something that everybody can sort of make. We did a lot of engineering complexity to get to a point where it's a DIY build. Um, so a lot of these things, just putting together a new tree is just requires like a drill and some screws and some wood glue some pretty basic hardware materials that most people have access to in order to put them together um, so that's another big save on um on uh building a sort of on-site treatment plan as well and so do you have something you want to say something Ari? okay and and so more to answer your questions for for especially for people that are far away from us because Obviously, we can't be making site visits out to Europe. Um, where, yeah, like um, for shipping something that far, uh, like Rachel was saying, we try and keep it easy to, to build it, the actual thing. But in terms of maintenance, um, we, we're working on a series of videos, like you were saying, um, that basically just show like what you can do uh, and how you can 
fix common problems and um, you know how to actually put the thing together uh, you know as well as a user manual but um, as for like training there's not a whole lot of training that needs to go into it that someone especially who's like you say working with a brewery they already have to deal with a lot of moving of water and, and technical things like they, they, that'd be very easy for them to do right it would be very helpful i mean as uh, exactly what you said it's it's very interesting nowadays if there is just small i mean a youtube channel that's i mean every time one two three four minutes just to um to share let's say the latest learning by using your technology that's i mean according to my experience that means a lot for the customer really to keep up um with your technology and um now it, i mean I'm, I'm going a little bit to the market right now when you enter with your solution which is um not conventional which is something let's say um i would say it's it's unusual out of the box um everyone is looking to the membrane looking to use chemicals to kill all kill and reduce all the cod level but you are taking this from different angle which is very interesting and sustainable i would say um, by entering the market, so what is, let's say, the, the, the challenge that you, that you face? Is, is it competition? Is it regulatory, which is not the work? I mean, the work to work with regulatory is not easy. So which kind of challenges that you are facing to, let's say, um, um, to penetrate the market, I would say? Well, um, regulate, regulation is definitely a big one for us. Um, and I'll also say that, so like that's sort of the base technology that we use, the wetlands um, are basically just a smaller version of constructed wetlands, which are a technology that have been used since like the 1950s to treat a bunch of different types of waste, municipal wastewater, brewery wastewater, farming wastewater, uh, coal mine remediation. So, um, most of our innovation actually comes from making it sort of miniaturized, bringing the wetland to you and adding in additional technologies to help further clean the water. Uh, and all this is to say that we already have, we're basically using a base technology that does kind of pass regulation um, in a certain way. But um, yeah, so it's, it's like a combination of regulation and cooperation, like we sort of talked about with the brewery case. Um, it was sort of sad in the fact that it seemed like these people didn't really understand brewery wastewater in the way that they could be helpful and it, it kind of became a, a problem for that small business. Um, but again, our competition is septic tanks, which don't even really work. <laughs> um, so I think it's sort of like a you know, I beseech regulators to say, like, we need something new and we have something that could be a really good fix. We just sort of have to, like, take the leap that it can be helpful. Um, and not, that's not to say that there's not going to be problems, you know, again, set it up with your septic tank so that we can test the wastewater and see what's going on um, and see if there's any concerns there. But, like, sometimes you have to, you have to think about outside the box because thinking inside the box has really made a society that's not sustainable. So, uh, yeah, it's, I guess I don't, do you have any words of advice, Ari? You know, it's just, you gotta just keep on trucking really and try and help people understand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, all I would say is like Rachel was saying is um, cooperation with, with regulators is the, the key point because really all it would take to, to make this 
you know, adoption of something like this, not even our technology, but other people that do stuff like it, because there are other other wastewater treatment companies out there that we've talked to that have similar problems. And it's just, if regulators would cooperate with people who are trying to develop new technology to solve these problems, then it'd be just so much easier to get a large scale pilot study set up, you know, with the the guidelines and all of the things and boxes that they want to check and they want to see because they're telling you and helping you actually do that test, you know, uh, and that's, that's what's really missing. So when you say um, cooperation, so what, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, just, just like cooperation in, in terms of like, testing and, and even developing these things in, in a way that works with the municipalities instead of a competing way, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. That's very interesting. And one of my last questions I would ask, which is, um, what is the long term and I mean, short term and the long term vision of new life or new life solution, I would say? Well, um, I mean, I think our short-term mission really is to put these hands, put these tools in the hands of people who need to recycle their wastewater on site. And that's pretty much everybody. <laughs> so, and doing that in a way that is natural um, and it is, again, something that they can use sort of as a layperson. And I mean, I, I, our larger vision I would say is really, well, it's hard to, I guess it's sort of like creating a world where nature and technology are intermingled um, and creating a, a place where by not like looking at scarcity and turning that into a resource instead and taking this huge this gigantic gaps in our wastewater infrastructure and the awful water scarcity that we see in the world and turning it into a source of innovation instead with looking to nature as a guide the whole time that's i mean very well summarized and then what i would add to that which is um i mean my understanding from your technology when i will study your technology is you are somehow trying to use the nature to, to mimic the nature to use it in your side in, instead of use it against you i mean instead of using chemicals in so many ways you are thinking why not using the nature with me to treat this wastewater and reuse it again i would say that's the way how i see your and it's very innovative and i would say um one of my old episodes, I did it with one professor. He's also working on similar things, but he's working on treating the wastewater and designing the, the biological treatment for the wastewater in such a way to treat um, different wastewater depending on which irrigation you need the wastewater. So, and this is why I, I asked the first question, which is um, your solution also could be designed in such a way um, if I have specific wastewater and I have specific plants, I can design that, uh, pick up the right plant to get the right nutrients and to reduce 80-90% of COD, BOD, and then I can also reuse the wastewater. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's... yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. Thank you very much, both of you, Rachel and Ari. That's very interesting. And uh, thanks a lot. I wish you good luck, best success for your technology. And uh, 
thanks a lot yeah thanks uh thanks for the time thank yeah you. thanks so much for having us we really appreciate it